Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Movies That Move Us. I'm your host, Al Larson. Joining me today is my co-host, Quince Van Orden. How's it going? Love being here. And today we are joined by Colin Severance. He is an award-winning comic filmmaker and actor. You can find his content on YouTube and TikTok. Colin, go ahead and say hi. Yeah, uh, nice nice to be talking to you guys. Thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Colin has come on to the Movies That Move Us podcast today to be able to discuss a movie that he was uh, affected by, and uh, we are going to be discussing Wrongfully Accused, the 1998. Mm -hmm. It's a parody of The Fugitive, among many other movies, uh, starring Leslie Nielsen. Yes, yes. Colin, can you tell us, do you remember the first time that you saw this movie? Yes. I, I first watched this movie when I was 11 years old. I, it might have been when I was 11 years old. I, think, I can't remember if, it was, if I was just about to start sixth grade or right after I started sixth grade, but probably late summer 20, uh, 2003, I think. And I uh, watched it at home on VHS for the first time. So your family just owned a copy of this? No. Actually, what happened... Um, it's a bit of a long story. My brother and one of his childhood friends and I, we were hanging out together. We went to this gas station in my hometown of Whitehall, Montana, and they rented a movie. And going home, I had no idea what I was expecting. They popped in the VHS and the movie started. This is so ridiculous. Everyone's doing this movie so straight. So how many times have you watched this film? Ooh, I've lost count. It must have been at least ten times. Um, I, 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 I completely lost count. Uh, um, yeah, but yeah, like I, I will never forget the first time I watched it, and I'll never forget, you know, the second time I watched it. I try and share that movie as often as I can with like whoever, like I want to make laugh, or I want to just hang out with, or have a good time with them or at least someone who has never seen that movie or has never seen a movie like wrongfully accused so i try and i try and share it and watch as often as i can not alone but like with friends basically it's a great mm-hmm. movie to watch with friends oh um, i agree I that, um yeah i feel that um if you watch a movie like wrongfully accused alone you might be like uh I- am i an idiot uh <laughs> but it's so much more fun to watch with friends i guarantee you like it's one of those movies. So what was it about this first or second time that impacted you so much? It was either the first or the second time. That might be debatable to me on which of those viewings impacted me the most. Um, like the first time I watched it, like I had no idea what I was getting into. I had never seen a movie like Wrongfully Accused. But I, and to be fair, um, I have seen bef- up until I saw Wrongfully Accused for the first time as an 11 year old boy, I had seen Leslie Nielsen movies before, but I didn't really realize that he made a movie like Wrongfully Accused. Before then, I saw Dracula Dead and Loving It, which was made by Mel Brooks, who's another legendary parodist. Um, but when I saw Dracula Dead and Loving It, like I didn't really know what parody and spoofs were. Um, I, I like, and it was also the first time I was introduced to Dracula, and uh, I thought that this was like just a version of Dracula, but it was like it had jokes in it. 
I thought it was like a bad period piece, but like intentionally. And there's like another movie that's like Dracula, Den Loving It, called uh, Almost Heroes, which stars Chris Farley. But when I saw Ron Flake Hughes, like it was like more than that. Like it was just like a live action cartoon. It was like a combination of the Three Stooges, Looney Tunes, a live action Disney movie from the 90s, and a PG-13 rated movie all combined into one. I just laughed so hard throughout the entire movie. Like, I, it was so cartoonish, so slapsticky. I was kind of recovering from, like, an illness at the time, but, like, I laughed so hard watching this movie that I almost, I started coughing so hard to the point where I almost threw up coughing. It was, like, that <laughs> funny. Um, but, yeah, like, the first, so the first time it impacted me because I'd never seen a, a movie, a comedy like that before. Um, and, um, especially with a guy like Leslie Nielsen, who I had seen before. But the second time I watched it, it was like a couple of years later when I was 13. Um, and around that time, Netflix came out. And if I don't know if you guys remember this, but uh, Netflix used to be a service where you can check out and order DVDs online and they'll mail it to you in the mail. This is way before they started doing streaming services. Mm -hmm. um, but um, when a friend of mine recommended uh, Netflix, I remember that movie that I watched with uh, that guy, Leslie Nielsen, um, mm -hmm. who might have been, who some people would say would be too old to do a comedy of that length. But I was like, nah, like, he's the perfect guy to do those types of comedies. And he still is. Like, you can't make a movie like that without Leslie Nielsen, honestly. Um, but uh, I could get into that discussion later. Um, but um, I remember that movie, and I found it on Netflix. And I rent, I rented, immediately ordered it on Netflix. Um, and then it came into the mail. Um, and around this time... Um, uh, so when I first got in the mail, I just like revisited some of my favorite scenes, and I but I was more intrigued by uh like you know the behind the scenes stuff because that was what I was more curious about was the behind the scenes like the 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 making of featurettes and uh, some like the visual effects clips that they were talking about, and that was mind blowing just like seeing a guy like Pat Proft talk about his movie for the first time. Um, but the reason, uh, but around this time, um, I was getting more into, like, the behind-the-scenes people, like, directors and producers and writers. So let me ask you, were you already making your own videos and, and content at, at this age, at, like, 13 years old? That's a good question. So, um, it's, it's a long story, but, um, I'm trying to see how I can narrow this down, but, um, I think around 13, um, I think my parents got a new, um, uh, you know, camcorder, which was, like, one of those, like, gray camcorders yeah, yeah, that yeah. you, like, flip screen and you could put tape in and, um, you can't really upload anything digitally, you just have to, like, click right. the record button whenever you can. Um, I kind of fucked around with that a little bit, and we shot, and I shot some home movies with that, but no, like short films or skits like full-on like you know a beginning in the middle and an end and i didn't upload anything on the internet even though uh you know like 
internet video was becoming a thing at the time. Um, well, thankfully, I didn't release any of that because most of it was just cringe. And I was just, I was just a teenager, like experimenting with that stuff. No worries about that. Like, it's more just about the. Uh, I, I'm just trying to get into your frame of mind. Like, so it sounds yeah. like you, you're, you're starting to mess around with some of the camera stuff. So that's why you're, you're yeah. kind of interested in, in the behind the scenes. You want to know that, that kind of stuff. Am I right there? Yeah. Which, which is not the first time my family and I did home movies. When I was a, a little kid, my parents owned you know, a camcorder and we, my parents recorded all kinds of home movies with us. Not like short films or anything, but just like, you know, just like documenting, documenting our lives. Um, but to, to answer your question, I did, um, I did, you know, make little movies as a kid, but it was on a, a Nickelodeon 3D movie maker. Do you guys remember that game? I don't remember that. I one, feel like I'm vaguely familiar with that, or you know, some other childish video maker. Um, yes, <laughs> yes. So, so for so for those of you listening at home, if you don't know what Nickelodeon 3D Movie Maker was or is, um, it's this. Uh, I think it was a. I did a little bit of research on on it recently, but it's basically um, it's a uh, Windows 96 um cd rom game where you basically make these uh 3d movies with characters from uh the 1990s nickelodeon era like Mm -hmm. um ariel monsters rocco's modern life and Mm -hmm. ren stimpy when i was uh 10 years old to 14 years old i would just make all kinds of these little little movies on this game uh with like all these characters I was like really invested in making these little these little movies on that game. That was te- that was technically my origin story about of uh, becoming a filmmaker, honestly, and an editor as well. Um, and um, um, unfortunately, um, unfortunately, um, uh, those uh, movies that I I made on Three Movie Maker they no, no they no longer exist because um uh the my parents uh windows 98 desktop uh, ultimately crashed around like 2006 so like all the all the movies that i made on that program was lost forever and this and i at the time i knew nothing about hard drives or anything like that um we never really owned a hard drive um i wish we did and i wish i learned about that sooner and then i could like figure out a way to save all those files and then put them on a hard drive and then just import them onto a computer and then upload them on YouTube. Because if you, if you go on YouTube, um, there's like tons of like little 3d Nickelodeon 3d movie maker, little shorts that people make have made and uploaded them on YouTube. You could probably, there's like, you could probably like see like tons of like little Nickelodeon 3d movie maker stuff on YouTube, which when I found that out, I was like, oh my god, like, people actually made other, uh, little movies with Nickelodeon 3D Movie Maker, and they're on YouTube. Why didn't, why I save these movies, I would have, like, released them to the world. But, um... Al, when you were a kid, did you do any filmmaking yourself? I did, yeah. I actually did. I have a couple videos on, on YouTube, down in the, uh, on the dark web, and, and what <laughs> I've got yeah, I've got some videos. I'm not, I'm not I'm not a super proud of them nowadays, but right. you know I, I I loved them back then. And you know I've got a couple scripts that I wrote as a kid. We had like one that was about a 
Gilligan's Island, but it was all it was okay. called Killigan's Island, and it was <laughs> all about all about these. Uh, it was kind of like Psycho meets Gilligan's Island, kind of an idea. Um, yeah, so mm. I, we had some of that. We had a program. It was it sounds like it was a little bit different than a Nickelodeon uh, movie maker, but this one was called yeah. The Movies, and it was like some mid two thousands game, and you would. Uh, it was like part sim where you were trying to like make these movies in the game and build like an actual studio lot. You know what? Like I think that's what I I had something similar to that. And so we would like have some pre-recorded like scenes so you could have it be like somebody who is aghast at something and like, oh no, they're like one person's jumping back and like it would have a couple scenes where you could have like a knife fight and one person loses wow. and like you would choose your characters of who you want to be in the scene. And uh, so I, I played around with one like that actually. So The movies, that sounds awesome. I'll have to look it up and see if anyone has ever made other stuff from that program and they see if they've uploaded some stuff on YouTube. I've never yeah. heard of that game before or that program. I'll have to look it up. Now, yeah. Al, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but yeah, also when I was a kid, I think we all were somewhat influenced by comedy in one way or another. I made films for my junior high, junior high years for my reading oh, yeah? class. We always had to do a quarter project. You could do a shoebox, you could do whatever. And so I could do a film <laughs> or a short film. So I did. Quince's Believe It or Else. Um, <laughs> Believe it or else. <laughs> and it was a culmination. It, the first few episodes were kind of like, I'm an interviewer. Like, I'm Conan O'Brien. And I interview people from <laughs> the books. And my, my brothers were always in it. And, and at the end, did the person believe it? No. And then I ended up killing them. Um, <laughs> that was the else. <laughs> The or else. But my favorite episode, and it's still out there. I have to find it, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll put it on YouTube one of these days. Um, but it was about Dracula. I read Bram Stoker's Dracula. One brother played Dracula. One brother played Van Helsing as, like, this nerdy professor. Uh-huh. And then another one played a, a character named, like, Quincy Jones in the book who helped kill vampires. And so he made him look like a bad boy, leather jacket, he was and, producing Michael Jackson videos. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he was the bad boy vampire hunter. Um, he wasn't uh, no, Vince, if you don't mind me interrupting, uh, yeah. is this, was this like a, a series you were trying to do? Or was this a short uh, film? It, it, just short films. And, and my teacher always required like, oh, I have to have a script. So the next day right. I would rewatch the whole film because we just improvised everything. And then I just write down what they said as the script. Like... <laughs> Made up as uh, if that was the, the whole step. That's like backwards screenwriting, actually. That's like next level. Well, this is this is where it got me more into more into uh, improv. You know, this is this was yeah, my first attempt right. at it. And you know, then I, I respect that. That's hilarious. Uh, the last few episodes, which I don't think I have anymore, but we kind of did this to tell the truth. Um, where, uh-huh. you know, you, you've got three people acting like they're certain person. And then you've got like a celebrity panel asking questions and we just use costumes. And so, you know, one person is Darth Vader as a costume. And then the next person is Anakin, like the pod racing Anakin, still mm-hmm. the same person, but they just wore the mask. Oh, okay. Nice. And so 
it, it was ridiculous, but I still think the, the Dracula one is, is one of the best. And I totally copied Conan O'Brien on some of my stuff. Right, right. <laughs> some of his jokes, some of his uh, style and everything like that. What a great person to, to copy. Yeah. Um, I'm not ashamed of it. And if, if Conan ever one day sees it, I would, I would be happy. <laughs> but uh, if I can even get it to the light of day. But I, it, it seems like uh, we were all semi-influenced of, of comedy and, and, yeah. and helping us you know, become film lovers and want to do our own skits and do our yeah. own comedy in, in one way or another. So how have you taken from this and put it into like your stand-up or any of your other sketches? Do you do, do you do ever any just out of the context or just ridiculous like they do? I, I get, uh, I guess before we answer that, what, what are some of your favorite gags from this film? Because that, I think that might help answer that question oh. to you. Before I answer that question, I want to go back to that previous question about, uh, like, which was I a filmmaker around, like, 13 years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, one thing I didn't say was I didn't really make my first, like, actual, like, live-action short film until I was 18 years old, like, right when I was starting college. But mm-hmm. that's all I wanted to add. But, like, in at 13 years old, I was, like, making these little movies on 3D Movie Maker and experimenting on my parents' camera. And none of that saw the light of day. Um, but, yeah, so. But, anyway, going back to Ron Flake Hughes, uh, my favorite gags. Oh, man, like, uh, there's so many of them. Uh, I can't narrow it. Uh, well, no, I can narrow it down to, like, there's so many gags I would love to talk about. But I... I think I'll try. I'll try and narrow. I'll try and start with like my favorite scene in the entire movie. My favorite scene in the entire movie is uh, the train scene. Basically. Oh, that was one of my favorites. Him being chased yes. by that train. Yes. Just, uh... Yeah. So. Yeah. So if yeah. So um, I, I'm gonna try not to spoil. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna try no, not no, to spoil we'll... too much about the movie. If anyone who's listening, uh, has not seen the movie, but uh, basically, um, uh, you know. Go for the spoilers. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. We're, on here, we expect that the people have seen these movies. If they if they want to watch it and you know and have it be unspoiled, they can do that beforehand. We 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 go full into spoilers territory here. Man. All right. So, Fair enough. Right All right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys are cool with that. Yeah. Uh, but basically, uh, Leslie Nielsen's character, um, he he gets framed for murder and he's been sentenced to death. He's on this prison bus. He's about to go. He's about to go to a. Uh, to get executed on the bus at night and then the bus gets in goes haywire and then they go off the cliff and they realize that uh they're on this train track and there's things about to come and leslie Nielsen basically saves everyone's lives and he jumps out of the bus and runs away and the bus like destroys the bus the the train destroys the bus but apparently uh now that uh leslie Nielsen is the most wanted man on earth uh, the train spots Leslie Nielsen and disconnects from the rest of its cars and goes off the tracks and starts chasing Leslie Nielsen uh, throughout the woods. Right. And that's basically the scene. But uh, my favorite part, my favorite shot in the entire movie, and this is like during that same scene, um, Leslie Nielsen, he's being chased by this train in the woods, and uh, he hops behind this rock to hide, and the train just goes by. And then it's quiet. And then Leslie Nielsen's character, um, he pops out behind the rocks. He's looking around. The coast is clear. 
and then he starts slowly stepping out from behind the rocks, and then it cuts to this shot where um I think it's like his point of view from behind the rock, and then out then all of a sudden the train just peeks his head from behind the other side of the rock. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just like oh man, I wish trains would do this more often. Uh, <laughs> Ellison movies, maybe not in real life, like uh, but yeah, so it's just uh, like that, like that's like. I guess that's my favorite shot in the entire movie. I, I think that that's kind of where it shines best is where it plays around with something that you are, you are familiar with, but then it, yes. it does the unexpected joke and it has so many unexpected yes. jokes that you think that it's not going to be able to keep surprising you, but it keeps right. doing that. Yeah. So, it's consistent. Yeah. It's so consistent. That's one, another reason why I love it. Cause there's not a lot of comedies out there where it's just like, just consistent, like a, a joke or a gag, like every second or every minute, it's just a rapid fire, uh, just gag fest. Um, but that to, for another example of another gag that adds to your point about like it plays with something you're familiar with and just you know like there's like 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 lamb chop makes a cameo at the yeah. beginning of the movie and it's like kind of she's kind of doing like a crude joke and it's like what the fuck lamb chop oh my god uh and uh like and i grew up with lamb chop and just to see lamb chop in a like a, a live action pg-13 rated comedy it's like oh my god this is wild so I like that concert scene at the beginning because yeah. <laughs> how I lay it out is like, you've got, there are like a bunch of the gags while he's like playing it, but like yes. they kind of set it up as like, here is like this classical violinist. And yes. then it does the a transition violinist. Yeah. Like the world's yeah. best violinist. And then yes. it like transitions to like later on in the concert. And now it's like a rock concert. And yeah. so you're like, okay, yeah, like yes. that's already funny because you can see like the evolution of it. But then at the end, there's a guy who like runs up and he's like pouring Gatorade on him. Yes. It's completely out of context. It's like a, it's a funny joke, but it like doesn't have any point in actually being there and so that's why it's kind exactly, of funny is that it's exactly it's just coming out of nowhere it's like yeah he yeah. is an all-star but they don't do that at concerts and that's why it's like yeah. especially funny of course yeah uh but yeah for yeah. For, for me I, I think the two top two that i had that uh, uh the first time i was watching or started this was late at night and my wife was already asleep um uh and it was after the murder and yes. the, the, the ambulance or the gurney, they pull up the dead body and they just fold it like a suitcase. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I did not see that coming. And I just <laughs> laughed so loud. And I was like, Oh my yeah. goodness, I'm going to wake up my wife. Um, and so that, that was one of them. And then the other one that I thought just like the train was when he put the TV on mute. And the lady yes, just yes. couldn't yeah. talk. And I, I like, I stopped paying attention to him. I started paying more attention to the lady who started freaking out, trying to get people's yes. comment and she's got her existential trying to hear her. Yes. Yeah. And, no, that scene's even better because in that same scene, he's like, he's like, uh, he's eating spaghetti and he's like, uh, wrapping his spaghetti on his fork oh. and he just keeps doing it. And then he just stands up and there's like all this spaghetti on his arm. That's, that's another little great moment from that same scene too. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's another one of my favorite gags is the spaghetti gag scene. So they have a, a consistency to, uh, to all yes. the jokes. There, there is something in there. 
Now, here, here's another aspect of it. So this movie, yeah. it's a parody of The Fugitive, mm-hmm. among yes. many others. Like, I went through, yes. I was kind of counting a bunch of references. It looks like it, mm-hmm. they had a Charlie's Angels reference. They had The Usual yes. Suspects. It had Harrison Ford. There was, like, some, one of the Jack Ryan Harrison Ford films in there. Mm. Um, Braveheart, Mission Impossible, yes. Titanic, mm. North by Northwest. The, How the, many of those have you seen? Um, ooh, of the movies, ooh, like, uh, yeah, there's so many movies and shows that they reference. Uh, like, I'd have to, I'd have to turn on the, uh, the, the film's IMDb, uh, movie connections page and just, like, count all of them and see which ones I have or have not seen. Uh, Titanic, I have seen. Mission Impossible, I have seen. Uh, what else? Lamb Chops, obviously. Right. What else? To be honest with you, like, um, how about specifically the fugitive? Have you seen the Harrison Ford film, the fugitive? No, I actually, I have not seen that movie, but when you realize what it's a reference to, like it, you know, like oh, you get it. Like it's a spoof of this Harrison Ford movie. And they, they, they actually talk about it in the behind the scenes featurettes of the, on the DVD. But, um, the thing, here's my, Honestly, uh, the thing about like watching a parody when you like don't really have haven't really seen all the stuff that um that uh they reference. There's a so there's this quote that um a Newgrounds animator that I used to like um he actually talked about this um when it comes to parodies it doesn't really matter if you get the references or not as long as it's funny that's all that matters you know. Like you can't really be like, like making a parody and just be so desperate in being like, here's a here's a fa- reference to something famous. Like here's a f- reference, reference. Like laugh at us, please. We're desperate. Get the joke. We're desperate. You know, like just like you know, like like you don't have to like scream to tell the audience like what you're referencing. Like it's just that's the joy of parodies. It's just finding the references yourself. You know, and like over time, if you want to revisit that movie, like you'll you'll probably have seen more of those movies or shows or even video games for that matter and then when you revisit those movies you'll be like okay this is a reference to reference to that i get it now as long as it's funny like that's all that matters and you don't have to get you don't have to get all the references like it's just it's like it's almost like an easter egg hunt you know oh absolutely um, i i don't disagree with that like I, mm -hmm. i you know noticing some of these things it's like oh yeah i feel like I, I really appreciate some of the homages that they do. You know, they've got yeah. that scene by North by Northwest. He's getting yes. run, run down by the airplane that's coming in really yes. close. And, yeah. you know, in their version, they do it where the plane is really tiny and it's like, Oh, it's, it's buzzing <laughs> yeah. by him and kind of hitting him. And yeah. so, you know, there's, there's some funniness aspect to that, but I've also, I've, I have experienced kind of that, that inverse that you're talking about where, you know, I, I grew up watching a ton of the Simpsons episodes and there are a ton of episodes that I didn't understand. There is an episode where the Simpsons go to Japan and there's a part where Marge is trying to comfort Homer and she's like, you'll love Japan. You liked Rashomon. And he's like, that's not how I remember it. And I didn't understand what the joke was until I actually watched Rashomon for the first time ever in my life. Uh, and then I was, okay. I went back and watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much funnier. And, yeah. you know, I think that uh, there, th- there is, there's wisdom in saying that the call to the thing shouldn't be necessarily funny, but I think that 
oftentimes knowing it does make it funnier. Oh, that's true. Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, um, I, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I mean, if there's a rule that I have as a parodist where, uh, like, if you're going to make a reference to something, personally, I think it's better if it's, like, the setup and not the punchline, honestly. Um, that's kind of my opinion to that. But to add to your point about, uh, I actually wanted to add something to when you were talking about The Simpsons. Um, you know, growing up as, like, a teenager who just, like, fell in love with comedies and, like, parodies, um, I thought that, like, every joke was, like, a reference that you had to get. But, um, uh, Leslie Nielsen, uh, he also talked about, like, what that Newsgrounds animator said, where, like, hey, like, don't be desperate when, like, trying to, like, show references. Like, just fight it yourself. But, like, uh, I, I ultimately learned when it comes to, like, humor that's, like, very off the wall and out of the box and very random and silly. Um, I, uh, like, it doesn't really matter why it's there as long as it's funny. I also learned that from Monty Python as well, where they would, uh, they would do all these skits uh, where, like, there was something really silly going on um, and, uh, I learned, uh, through them that, like, oh, like, oh, like, th there's not really much of a context there, there's not really much of a reference, it's just a silly, silly scene, um, and that actually made me feel a lot better about, you know, trying to, like, uh, you know, get, like, quote-unquote, get a joke or get a gag, or, like, just, like, uh, like, uh, like, you have to get it as long as it's funny, you know, but yeah, so, anyway, I just add that. Yeah, for sure. But yes, the but yes, the Simpsons had like lots of references where like uh like sometimes it was like over the head. But yeah. Uh I was gonna just say uh kind of emulate you, Al, in the sense that once you've seen the reference, it doesn't get better. Or true. Uh, Very in, true. In uh my own experience of living it. I so at one point I worked for Staples and I sold office supplies. And, okay. and so the office, I then later on saw with my wife who had never seen it and watched it again. And, uh, it was a lot funnier. Um, not that the office wasn't already funny, but it, it definitely was, uh, so much better after living. Yeah. The experience. Yeah. I was about to say that. Cause like you actually experienced what it was, what's like working in a world like that. And it was a little bit more relatable to you. So I, you know, I have watched. Uh, I'm not. I'm not unfamiliar with very silly comedies like this myself. I, mm -hmm. I grew up. Uh, you know, probably probably the one that comes to mind first and foremost would probably be like uh, one of the Pee Wee Herman films. You know, that right? Just, yeah, uh, jokes and jokes and jokes, and it's got some parody stuff, and it's got like all sorts of things. It's like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. We watched a bunch. Yes. And then later yes. on, we watched. Uh, have you ever seen the Weird Al film UHF? Yes, I have seen that movie. Uh, that's it's not my favorite film of all time. I totally loved that they were you know doing the same thing that you know Leslie Nielsen did, but uh, it, it's um. That movie I'm not that big of a fan of because there's like a, there's like a ton of like really really cringy moments in that movie. Um, uh, it has a lot of hilarious moments, but there's also tons of like really like moments that maybe like well like like skip a scene or two because it was like kind of like cringy. 
So uh, I don't know that movie. I just didn't really enjoy as much, honestly. But I know what I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So uh, like I mean, Quince and I, we we've we've kind of spread it out over a couple nights mm-hmm. and whatnot. And so we were, okay. we were having conversations about like, all right, what I've done that too. Does this remind you of? And like we were talking about the silly factor of it. And uh, so that's like kind of what we came up with. And uh, Quince, you were saying that there was something else that it was kind of reminding you. Yeah. Of. I don't know if you've ever seen Top Secret with um yes, yes i love that movie yeah that, that was also underrated yes that was my kind of eye-opening to just ridiculousness with val kilmer um and oh, i just awesome. yeah, i love that one yeah yeah that movie uh that movie also introduced me to val kilmer as well shout out to val kilmer yeah mm-hmm. okay let's talk about this movie a little bit more where does this yes, one fit yes. on your own personal top list Oof. Trying to think. It'd probably be either in my top six or top ten, but it's in no particular order, honestly. Um, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, it would probably. I can't put. I can't put it at number one, but I. I can't put it. I don't know. It would be somewhere in like my top six or top ten. But yeah. Hey, top six or top ten is pretty high. I would. I would still say. Yeah. Do you- what do you think is like your top movie of all time? Uh man. I, honestly, that's like opening Pandora's box. Like <laughs> asking me what my favorite movie is. It's like what like what's my favorite song of all time? Like there's so many of them. There's so many movies out there that a lot of them are just are great. You know, I just love watching those movies. And then there are movies where I have seen where like uh, that are like okay. Like I but like once or twice is enough. And then there's a lot of movies that either I have not seen or movies. I just hate, like, I don't know. Like I, I'd have to watch like more movies in order to like narrow it down to like, okay, this movie, like this movie's amazing. That will definitely be my number one spot. But like the movie, as of right now, the movies I have seen, like I can't narrow it down. I, I have like a top five or top six or top 10, or but I I don't know man I can't narrow it down honestly um actually um I will say um uh, my favorite uh not non comedic film would have to be Pink Floyd the Wall um oh, okay yeah I've seen that yeah which is a great movie by the way um uh, it has you know I mean similar to like you know all those movies like Wrongfully Accused or Monty Python like it has its moments of like surrealism but it's like a lot more serious uh which is interesting but um we don't need but I mean we don't have to go into the wall all that much but like kind of like Wrongfully Accused it's a very different movie it's a very unique movie very unconventional movie um but like it's definitely my number one favorite Pink Floyd the Wall would be my number one favorite um serious film right yeah okay that is 100% fair. Mm-hmm. Let's jump over to another question in here. Do you think that this movie is objectively good? Like, if you take into account editing, direction, sound, script, acting, or do you think that this is more just a movie that's just very subjective to like your own experience with it? So I would argue that this movie is objectively better than most of the comedy movies and tv shows like the most popular movies and tv shows that have come out since the mid to late 2000s 
it's a it's a better movie and a better comedy, a bet a funnier a funnier comedy than most of the movies and sh- comedy shows I've seen since the mid to late two thousands. But um, I will admit it's not a well made movie. I will admit that like it's like it has its flaws. It's not a masterpiece. It's not genius. Um, uh, it's uh, it's it's like it has a lot of like you know. Not all of the jokes work. Uh, some of the slapstick is not that well executed. There's a lot of like issues with some of the visual effects. The, the, so the it, plot makes no sense. I'm not gonna lie. I like. <laughs> no, that's not, I'm thinking of like what sense. the <laughs> what the plot no, is. No, logic is thrown 100 out the window in this movie, and that's another one thing I really, really love this movie about is like just the lack of logic. Um, but um, but uh. You could probably say it's subjectively good to me, but honestly, like, I will defend the hell out of this movie. Like, I think this movie gets way too much hate. It got way too much hate at the time. It's criminally underrated. I try to do my best to, like, share this movie with friends, with my friends and my family, and I love talking about this movie. Again, I would argue it's better than most of the comedies I've seen in the last, like, 15 years. So I hope now, that answers your question. If we're going to go with comedy, I mean, yes. I'm going to have to objectively say, I okay. mean, just wrong in, in general. And just for a movie this last year, I don't know if you've seen the new Weird Al movie, the biopic, which is on the Roku channel. And you can. Oh, I haven't yet. You don't have to have Roku. You can watch it on, you know, go on Roku.com to watch it for free. Oh, my goodness. That was one of the funniest movies. Yeah, I had seen in years. I get it. Um, sometimes comedy has its ups and downs. I highly suggest that. Right. You will not be disappointed. Yeah. Because just like this, it is a silly, but it's it, it's a parody of biopics and music mm. biopics. And Starring Mr. Harry Potter himself in a role against type. Which is good. Oh my. Yeah, he... he and if you look more into his history too of, of other films, that's what he's always trying to do is just try to do something that's not associated with Harry Potter because he wants to broaden himself out. Of course. I, I totally respect that, man. That was one of the funniest movies that I had seen last year. And I probably would have agreed that it was the funniest one I saw last year until I watched uh, Puss in Boots shortly after that. And I would say that they're both pretty close in there where they just had me cracking up throughout the whole thing. Yeah, those are both the both great ones, and I I do agree with Colin. Like there there's a lot of movies out there that just I would say kind of that mid two thousands range where uh, Will Ferrell and, kind er, of and early and stride. early twenty tens too early twenty tens yeah, like anything that was kind of a Will Ferrell movie is typically mm-hmm. not my style right uh, even like some Zach Galifianakis and some other ones it's like I just didn't didn't really enjoy these ones. And yeah, so it's it, it's nice to have a movie like this that I I was legitimately laughing throughout throughout the whole thing and and finding myself surprised. Yeah, it's a yeah. Will uh, sorry, not Will. Uh, wrongfully accused is definitely it's a very unique comedy. Uh, it's very uh you know unconventional. I would probably say. Uh, I really hope uh, Pat Prof makes another movie like that again. I really hope he does. He does not get the love he deserves as a comedy writer. He's like one of the funniest comedy writers. So, question for you: yes. Do you think they can do this nowadays? You know that that that's always a hard thing with comedy 
is would this still work? Because we see with, I don't know if you've watched any of History of the World Part 2 recently. Not yet, but I, I'm, I'd like to at some point if I have time. Um, it, it, I'd it, like to check that out. It, there are some sketches that are great, but there are a lot that are a lot of misses in my mind. Right. The first one was of its time, the way it, it, it's comedy work. And, and there's a lot of films like Top Secret, this one, mm-hmm. uh, Hot Shots that were mm-hmm. of its time. Could we do mm-hmm. it today? And a lot of other, those like Top Secret and, and Hot Shots, they were also about war. Do you think right. they could? Do you think they could do one about the war on terrorism, you know, or uh, and just this silliness and every little aspect from the background to the foreground, something crazy, not, or do you think it wouldn't work? Do you think audiences would, would argue, not accept it? I would argue it can be done. I can argue that parody can come back from the dead it can be done as long as you hire really really talented really really creative and really really funny writers to come up with some kind of material um like it i i can argue you it can be done but like you just you just need better writers basically like really talented writers really like really creative imaginative inventive comedy writers who i wouldn't say like copy it like copy and paste it but just like can you know take some inspiration and make it into their own and then they could come up with their own forms of slapstick and funny dialogue and uh you know references to stuff that they like um i i think it's possible i think it can be done like just like you just we just need better writers honestly al what do you think uh, well, I actually have a kind of a different question altogether. I mean, yeah, I, uh, I'll answer it briefly. Yes, I do think that this kind of a comedy could come back. I think that it does take the right kind of crew. It, you know, we talked yeah. about The Simpsons earlier. The Simpsons has been a bad show for longer than it was ever a good show. And I, mm-hmm. I say that as being a full Simpsons fan. And, right. you know just because there was something good before, I think it just needs to go back to like, okay, what, what are the elements that really kind of uh, make it, make it strong. And you, if you go back, look at Simpsons seasons, like four through eight, look at those episodes, how they, Mm -hmm. their joke structure. If you could model that type of stuff instead of what they've been doing for the past 20 years, I think you'd have a much stronger show. I think that you can follow a similar joke pattern to this. And yeah, it might be a little bit formulaic if you were trying to follow mm-hmm. their joke structure to a T, but I think that there's something in there that you can, you can really get behind and, uh, yeah. Kind of do. Yeah. But, as long as you make it, as long as you make it your own. Yeah. I agree with you. And that's something that I've been trying to do, you know, since I decided I wanted to be a, a director ever since I was a 13 year old a kid i've been like you know like man like i want to be like david zucker i want to be like pat proft i want to be like mel brooks and monty python like and just make like like really good parodies you know i've been trying to like accomplish that goal like my entire you know young adult life and i'm still trying to chase that dream yeah i actually want you to talk a little bit more about that colin like tell me tell me what is your process in taking something like this that you find is so funny and 
do you like how do you use that for your own uh for your own comedy like obviously i've gone through and watched some of it uh some of your stuff you do parody stuff as well yeah. but um uh, what what's kind of your process that's a good question that's a really good question uh it's it, it that is something that i think about a lot but um I just watch the people and the movies and the shows that I love and I respect. And I also watch some stuff that I don't like and uh, just roll it around in my head and be like, okay, what do I like? What do I not like? What do I think works? What do I think doesn't work? And like, how can I improve that, make that better than it is? Um, and, and then I just, you know, just, uh, and, uh, Basically, I basically let my ideas come naturally. I don't really do a, I don't really sit down and do brainstorming sessions. Um, like just like randomly throughout the day, um, or sometimes uh, in my sleep, um, uh, you know, I'll just you know come up with something that uh, you know makes even if I'm not laughing, and I'm like, oh, that's actually really funny. I should do something with that. Like, I watched, like, tons, like, when I was, like, 13, I, like, watched tons of parodies um, and some, like, older slapstick comedies, like, you know, The Three Stooges or Laurel and Hardy or, um, and whatnot. And, um, and, uh, kind of basically, like, just adapt, you know? Not copy, not plagiarize, just adapt. Usually my best ideas, like, I, they just come naturally, honestly. A bad idea, then I'll just expand it, expand it, expand it until I have a full-on like little idea for like a sketch or a short film or even like a feature-length script, and uh, yeah. you know just like just basically go back to the uh, traditional roots and the proper roots of you know like what made movies like you know like you know Spaceballs and all that, um, but just try and make it a little bit better, make it a little bit more high quality too. And also, like, just, like, uh, just obliterate, like, the conventional comedy things that we've been seeing in the last, like, 15 years. You know, like, just break all the rules of, like, what we've been seeing now in the last uh, decade and a half. It definitely seems like, you know, comedy films have definitely evolved. You know, we, we did have these really big budget comedies um, in the mid-2000s. That's, like, you know, talking about those Will Ferrell movies that, I think Step Brothers had a huge budget because they were like kind of putting in some stuff. There was a bunch of Adam McKay films that he did, and I know that there's some overlap between them. But it really seems like comedy has really kind of switched to smaller platforms, like a TikTok or like a YouTube, to kind of put out smaller to smaller forms where it's like, oh yeah, right. they can make a short, funny video. So uh, you're saying you don't really care for most of the comedy films that are coming out today. Or TV but, shows. Yeah, or, or TV shows. So where where do you find good comedy nowadays? Oh, that, dude, like I, I'm strugg I've been struggling this past decade, man. I've been struggling to find something that's going to make me laugh. I, I'm trying. Um, but um, I, yeah, you are right. It has like... If you're talking about mainstream theatrical and television projects, yes, I would say that comedy has evolved. I think it's devolved. I think it's gotten worse. But uh, I would argue, I think ever since the late 2000s, like a lot of, uh, like I've, I have seen a lot of stuff that did, that is hilarious. A lot of like um, uh, stuff on YouTube. There's a lot of stuff I watched on YouTube that made me laugh. And then there was like Vine. 
Uh, there, there's some stuff on Vine that was like really, really good, and there's some stuff that are is good and funny on TikTok. But even like this past like uh, seven years, like I've I've also been having trouble finding some really funny stuff. Like I think yes, I think I would argue yes, even on the internet, like humor is starting to get comedy starting to get a little bit bad. So I've been like struggling this past decade, like finding something to make me laugh, and that's one of the reasons why I decided to try to become a filmmaker so I could bring really funny movies into the theater again, you know, and, you know, bring people back into the theaters to watch, like, really funny movies again. So it's not just the internet, you know. But anyway, I, I don't know how else to, like, answer that question. But it's been a struggle, man. It's been such a struggle, like, finding stuff that's actually going to make me laugh. Like, if there's, if there's nothing in the theater or on television or on the internet that's going to make me laugh, it's, that's a problem, in my opinion. Um, so, and that's one of the reasons why I try to become a comedian is, uh, just, you know, just like, hey, what we've been doing this past 15 years is all wrong. Like, we got to go back to the drawing board, basically, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and I think it's admirable that you, they always say, be the change that you want to see in the world. Yes, and it's like, yes. If you, if you don't find that there's that. something out there, uh, and maybe even if you're just like, hey, maybe there's there's comedy that's for some other group, but you're seeing that it's not yeah. really representative for yourself. You're like, okay, well, how can I fill that void? How yes, can I yeah, bring I, it back? That's I, I, that's that's a great quote. It might be a cliche, but I do hold that quote uh, very dear to my heart. You know, we're we are kind of winding down here. If you didn't have anything else in particular, we do have a couple different games that we sometimes play with people on the pod. So, um, if you don't oh. have anything else. We'll, we do have a game for you. So we've got one that is a letterboxed game. I can explain it kind of briefly. Have you ever used letterboxed before or know what it is? That sounds familiar. I have literally no memory. Do you know what, what, do you know what Goodreads is? Goodreads, Goodreads is I... basically like people will log all the books that they have read and they're just saying like, oh, I'm reading this book now. People do the same thing for the movies that they see. So Letterboxd oh, okay. is like people, they go on there and they're logging like, oh, I went and saw the new Dungeons and Dragons movie or I oh, went and saw John Wick. And, and so they do that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's plenty of movies that are old. So what we want to do is it's a guessing game where we're going to have all, all three of us kind of participating in is like guessing who can guess the, the top most films for Leslie Nielsen. You know, here's a, here's a movie that we just watched with him in it. So don't, we'll, don't you mean top nine movies? Well, can I draft this? Did you I, need to get three guesses. How you many said top I, three. Oh <laughs> so yeah. Sorry. I meant, yeah. Uh, for top nine. So we'll all get a couple guesses in here and we're trying to have the most number in, in that top nine. That might be a guessing game. Maybe I can dabble in and have some fun. That sounds like something I could do. So my first guess is going to be Airplane. The original Naked Gun. The first Naked Gun. I do think that it's going to be like another Naked Gun movie or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'll pick Naked Gun 2 and a half. That one's my favorite in the entire series, by the way. The N- Naked Gun 2, that's my favorite in the entire series. Perfect. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so I get, to go, <laughs> I get to go first on this next yeah. round with my second round pick. So I'm actually going to pick... I know that he did Gary Movie 3? Yes. Yes. And he's in that one, right? Yes. Okay, yep. That's okay. the one I'm picking. Forbidden Planet. 
Okay. Quince. I am going to go with Surf Ninjas. I was like, don't you dare take that. (laughs) (laughs) What are you picking next? Um, And then for my last one, I am going to go. I'm going to go with Spy Hard. Oh, okay. Spy Hard. I guess for my next pick would probably have to be the Poseidon Adventure. If I recall from his uh, IMDb page, or like not the IMDb page, his Wikipedia page, that was like one of his serious roles, right? Yes, this was like before he did Airplane. And I think Airplane even referenced uh, the Poseidon Adventure too, as well, because it was like... Is that the movie about the like cruise ship in the middle of the ocean and then a a random wave and they did a remake of it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, like it was that famous... uh, cruise ship that's upside down in the ocean yeah it's it's that movie hmm. let's go with oh mr magoo i was gonna say you better say that, <laughs> that, that, that i that watched been... that one in the theater i remember i do remember that, that too, yeah i feel like yeah so i'm i'm gonna go ahead and pull up his letterbox give me one sec okay i've got him pulled up i had to kind of do it a little bit differently all right, so top number one is Airplane. Quince, that's a point for you. Yeah. Next one is Naked Gun number one. That's a point for Cullen. Next one Sweet. is Scary Movie 3. That is a point for me. All right, number four is Creep Show. Nobody picked that. Nobody picked Scary Movie 4. Oh, I, should, I, I should have picked Creep Show. That's, uh, uh, that's, that's, that's sort of did, did a little bit uh well i sort of did well yeah yeah uh looks like uh number six is forbidden planet that's a point for you cullen uh next right. one is naked gun two and a half so that's for me next oh, is prom night one. prom night anybody have that one no nope. i've heard of that i've heard of that movie uh the we original had prom night the the last of the naked gun series mm. this is the next one i was almost i almost picked this one it was superhero movie Oh yeah, that movie's also really a really hilarious underrated spoof as well. Yeah. Um, Mater- okay, let's see. So, uh, looks like at that point, Cullen and I have two points, and Quince has one. Yeah, I didn't oh, know. Wow. Yeah. Yes, thinking Surf wow. Ninjas should be up there. You know, if we wow, keep Al and going, I, we tied. Yep. Uh, next one up after a superhero movie was Poseidon Adventure. So, Colin, you would have won at the next oh, point shit. anyway. So, yep, you you were the winner of our game. Congrats! Oh, awesome! <laughs> I finally won something for once. Aside you can from my it to your awards. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you're a second second award. You're now a podcast <laughs> award winner. Now you have to host nice. the podcast. So, thank you. <laughs> now we are free forever. <laughs> I would be happy to take over the throne. Well, perfect. I think uh, that's about it for for today. I really appreciate you coming out here on the podcast and uh, joining us to talk about this movie. It's not often we have people talking about comedies. We've had a couple here in the past, but not too too often. And it's nice. Well, yeah, I'm 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 glad. Yeah, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, Would you say that I'm your first uh, comedian? on your show to be like talking about a comedy movie, let alone like a very, like, uh, like, a you know, a kind of an underrated, like obscure kind of comedy movie. 
I would say you are our first clothed comedian who has talked about a comedy <laughs> film. Oh, a couple of, interesting. Yes, we had a, we had somebody a couple uh, podcasts a, a couple episodes ago who is uh, he's known as the nudist humorist. Uh, his name is Tim. Chisholm, oh, okay. And that makes he sense. is he's a nudist comedian and a filmmaker oh. as well. But I'm happy to still say that you are the first clothed comedian to have here on the podcast. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me to come on your show. This was a lot of fun. And it was also really refreshing to like talk about, you know, comedy and like stuff that's been on my mind about comedy for a long time. I was it was really it was a nice nice breath of fresh air. Absolutely. Why don't you go ahead and share with with all of our listeners where they can find you, list any uh, plugs that you want to kind of put out there. All right, plug time. So, uh, you can find me on YouTube at Severely Berserk Films. And YouTube at Colin Severance. You could also find me on TikTok at Colin Severance. I have some other stuff going on that are planning in the in the works. March twenty eighth, I will be on the Drink O'Clock podcast. What else? And uh, I will also be on the appearing on the uh, the Golden Hour podcast with Anna Gold, April eighth. More to come. Exciting. Yeah, everybody go out there and once again, go and watch a, a movie this week. We're excited to talk about this one. It's a high recommendation. You can catch it right now on Amazon Prime. And, you know, Leslie Nielsen, he was, he was a great comedian. We lost him a little bit too early. You know, I know that we yeah. had him for 80-something years, but we still lost him way too early. Great dude. Yeah, and yeah, definitely, like, if you guys haven't already, please go out and please, if you can find it, if you find a copy, go watch Wrongfully Accused. Um, you guys are in for a real treat if you've never seen that movie. It's like, it's a crime that that movie does not get the love it deserves. Uh, please go support that movie. And um, Pat Proft, um, David Zucker, if you're listening to this podcast by some chance, um, you guys are my heroes. I love you guys. Please make more movies. Please make more movies. I love it. Perfect. All right. Have a good night, guys. Bye. <laughs>